some couples uh, recently that were asking me to show them how to speak giraffe in couples relationship. And uh, one of the women said to her husband, I want you to understand me. He says, I do understand. She says, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Fifteen years they had had <laughs> that dialogue. Woods are windows or their walls. They sentence us or set us free. When I speak, when I hear, let the love light shine through me. It always seems funny for me to introduce myself as a giraffe teacher because a giraffe is not my mother tongue. Uh, my mother tongue is the language of jackal. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever heard jackal spoken. I hope not because it's a, it's a language that I believe is the, at the root of violence throughout the planet because people who are taught this language of jackal have a difficult time resolving differences with other people peacefully and people who are taught this language have difficulty sharing resources in a fair and equitable manner. So I hope that they have outlawed uh, this language in Denmark so that you've never heard it, but just in case you ever come across it, I'd like you to at least be aware of what I mean by the language of jackal. Let's assume tonight that you are the stu my students and I give you a task to do. But instead of doing the task, you sit at your chair drawing a picture of me with a knife in my back and blood spurting out. Now, how do I evaluate you if I am a jackal-speaking person? You're mentally disturbed. See, this is typical of the language of jackal. When you have a difference with somebody and you don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, you think of what's wrong with them. So when you are a jackal-speaking person, you have a very large vocabulary for judging who is what. Or let's say tonight I use some words that you don't understand. You're a slow learner. But what if you use some words that I don't understand? You're rude and socially inappropriate. What if I speak so rapidly you can't follow me? You have an auditory problem. What if you speak so rapidly I can't follow you? You have an articulation problem. See what a language this is. What a violent language it is that when there is a difference you think in terms of what's wrong with the other person. The psychiatrist Gerald Jampolsky says that as human beings, we have a major decision to make each moment. Do we want to be right or do we want to be happy? You can't do both. Jackal is the language of those who want to be right. Because if the whole time you're taught to think and communicate in jackal, you are always up in your head analyzing who is what. Who's right, who's wrong, who's normal, who's abnormal. Now why did I shift from speaking jackal to learning a new language? 
Well, I found that this language that I had been taught was not one that made it easy to live in harmony with my values. There are certain things that I value very dearly, and I found that this language got in the way. Instead of helping me live in harmony with my values, it interfered. So what are the values that led me to search for another language? Uh, I'd like to clarify the, the, the values upon which the language of giraffe is based with a song written by a woman in the United States who studied giraffe with me for a while and wrote this song to clarify the quality of relationships that I value highly that I developed giraffe to help me live in harmony with. This is a song called Given To. I never feel more given to than when you take from me When you understand the joy I feel giving to you You know my giving isn't done to put you in my debt But because I want to live the love I feel for you Receive with grace may be the greatest giving. There's no way I can separate the two. When you give to me, I give you my receiving. And when you take from me, I feel so given to. interested in that quality of relationship. I'm interested in how we can give and receive in that way in the family, in the workplace, and politically. I think it's not only possible for us to do business that way, I think it's our natural state. I think we are intended as a species to relate that way. So I have been interested in the people who are able not only to believe in that quality of connecting between human beings, where people do things purposely to enrich one another's well-being, they don't motivate through fear, guilt, or shame, they motivate one another simply being aware that the natural state of human beings is to willingly enrich the life of one another. So I've been interested in the people who live that way, and studying them is when I came across this language of giraffe. I noticed that people who were living in harmony with the kind of values that I described spoke a language that's quite different than the language that I was brought up to speak. And I studied this language and I tried to learn it myself. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I've now been teaching this language for several years. Technically, I call it a process of nonviolent communication, but as you can see this evening, I like to play with this little image of calling it giraffe language. And I like giraffe as a symbol for this process of communication for several reasons. As we'll see tonight, giraffe is a language of the heart. 
it redefines honesty. You see, in, when we are jackal-speaking people, when we say we're honest, what we mean is we tell other people what's wrong with them. <coughs> Giraffe defines honesty in quite a different way, as we will see. When we are honest in giraffe, we are honest from the heart. We have a way of openly revealing what's going on within ourselves without in any way using language that criticizes, diagnoses, judges, interprets, or attacks others. This will be a theme I'll return to several times this evening. At any time another person hears anything coming from our mouths, that sounds like a criticism, or a judgment, or an analysis, or a diagnosis, the likelihood that we can get our needs met is almost zero. Because when people hear any language that sounds that way to them, most of their energy goes into defending themselves or counterattacking. And even if they do what we want, if we get them to do it because we have judged them and criticized them, they are likely to do what we are asking, motivated by fear, guilt, or shame. And the second reason why I like the image of the giraffe is the giraffe can see into the future better than other animals because of its height. And it can see that any time people do what we ask, motivated by fear, guilt or shame, we lose. We lose even when the other person does what we ask them to do. Because when people are motivated by fear, guilt or shame, it creates very destructive ecological consequences. I grew up speaking a, a rather harsh dialect of jackal. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan in the United States. And there I spoke a dialect of jackal called street jackal. For example, if somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic, you idiot, that's on a good day. Then I went to the university and I got a doctor's degree in professional jackal. <laughs> now if you pull out in front of me in traffic, you pseudo-neurotic schizophrenic, <laughs> So I saw that the profession I had been trained in was just teaching me a more sophisticated way of criticizing and attacking others. It taught me a way of mentally diagnosing and analyzing people, which is what I thought was the problem that got them to see me to begin with. So I decided that a giraffe would be a much better process even in the counseling situation, which is one of the reasons I gave up being a professional jackal. Well, I went to a shrink in a clinic near me. He said I was a case of total pathology. I said, shrink, I knew that before I came in. I need someone to care, not just analyzing. He asked me if I had any strange habits. Oh, I said a few, but I was always willing to learn some more. So he gave me some pills, he said to take them each day. But I said pills wouldn't take my blues away. I said shrink my blues come from people like you. 
who know what I am, but not what I've been through. See, folks, he was one of those old-fashioned doctors. He still thought you needed a prescription to get drugs. Well, that shrink saw what he was trained to see. He just never got around to seeing me. So I left that shrink. I wasn't impressed. And now there's two who flew the cuckoo's nest. Yes. How how do we deal with people who still talk to jackal language? How do we deal with people who still talk to jackal language? As we'll see this evening, I'm going to show you how to use one of the most marvelous technological devices that's ever been invented. And when you know how to use this technological device, you can speak giraffe no matter how the other person speaks. So tonight I'm going to show you how to use giraffe ears. <laughs> giraffe ears. For example, to show you, uh, give you a little preview about giraffe ears. I was working over in the West Bank in a refugee camp with about a, there's about this number of people in a mosque. There are probably more, but the women were behind the screen in the back, so I don't know how many women were there. But there was about this many men sitting up front. And uh, when it was heard that I was an American, one of the men jumps up and he screams at me at the top of his voice, Murderer! And then uh, several other people jumped up and started calling me names. Child killer! Assassin! Boy, was I glad to have my ears with me that day, I'll tell you. Because as we'll see when you put on giraffe ears, you learn to hear the human being behind the message. You learn to turn your attention to what that person's feeling, what that person's needing. When you do this, as soon as you put these ears on, there are no jackals. When we have these ears on, we become conscious that jackal-speaking people are simply giraffes with a language problem. When we put these ears on, we are very conscious that there is no such thing as criticism, judgment, attack. Because when we have these ears on, we are conscious that all criticism and judgment is simply a tragic expression of the speaker's needs. So with such ears, we just learn to hear what the person is feeling and needing. Now this gentleman that started to call me a murderer, about an hour later, invited me to a Ramadan dinner at his house. You see, the power of these ears. So aren't you excited to be able to get a pair of these and be wearing them out in the public? <laughs> the other nice thing about it, the other nice thing about it, if you're shy, you don't even have to wear these things. <laughs> I'll teach you tonight how to put on a pair internally so that no matter what language the other person is speaking, you learn to tune in to that person's heart and hear what that person is feeling and needing. But we'll, we'll get to that. 
Now, I was very glad that I didn't put these ears on that, that day. Because if somebody calls me a name and I put these ears on, it's a different world. Now I have a choice which end to put in. See, if I put the ears on this way, I take the message personally. Because somebody calls me a name like a murderer, I start to feel like P-P-P-P-P-T. Piss poor protoplasm, poorly put together. <laughs> I don't know how to translate that into Danish. This is a horrible set of ears to have on, because if you put these ears on and somebody calls you names, you really start to think there's something wrong with you. You take it personally. Then it's very scary to be out in a jackal-speaking world, because as we all know, you're going to hear a lot of judgments when you're in a jackal-speaking world. And if you put the ears on this way, you're going to end up feeling like P-P-P-P-P-T a good deal of the time. You'll know that you have these ears on if you spend a good deal of every day feeling depressed, guilty, or full of shame. That tells you you've got these ears on turned this way. Well, now, of course, we could put the ears on the other way when somebody calls us a name. And now we tell them what's wrong with them for telling us what's wrong with us. And you know you have the ears on going out this way when you feel angry. Anger tells us we have jackal ears on judging other people. Depression, shame, guilt, we've got them on this way. So I'm not here to teach you how to use these tonight. My experience is in the countries in which I work, people have had ample opportunity learning how to use this technology. I'll start with the assumption tonight that you don't need to be shown how to put on jackal ears. Okay, let's learn some giraffe. I'm going to ask you to write down some things. First, let's look at this subject of education. How we educate somebody whose behavior is not enriching our life in some way. And we want to educate this person. We want this person to see that what they're now doing is not meeting our needs. And we want to communicate with this person in a way that maximizes the possibility that they will be interested in, in acting in, in harmony with our needs and that they will do this willingly, not motivated by fear, guilt, or shame. So obviously this is going to happen regularly for all of us. When you get more than one human being uh, together, uh, there's going to be differences that happen where people are going to act in ways that are not necessarily enriching the lives of one another. So we need to have some language skills for educating people at these times. So I'd like you to think of somebody tonight who's behaving in a jackalish manner. And by that I mean they're saying or doing something that is not enriching your life. It's not in harmony with your needs not in harmony with your values. This could be a child jackal. This could be an adult jackal. This could be somebody at work. could be somebody at home. I've even been told husbands and wives can be jackals. So whoever you want to pick tonight to work on, I hope we get a wide variety of different situations so we can see giraffe at work in a lot of different situations. Now I'm going to have you imagine that you are going to go to this jackal 
And you're going to be honest with this jackal about the behavior on the jackal's part that bothers you. So what I need from you in writing is a sample of at the moment how you define honesty. And I don't want the definition, I want a, a, an example of it. So I'd like you to write down word for word what you might say to this jackal, again where your purpose is to educate the jackal, to get the person to change the behavior and to change it willingly. I'd like you to pretend that this is the person that you're speaking to and then we'll have the giraffe coach you if the giraffe has some suggestions as to how you might communicate differently in this situation. Don't be afraid of the jackal, he has no teeth. <laughs> Thank you, yes? Uh, I've chosen a person I work with. Uh, somebody at work. Uh, shall I say what, what the problem is? No, just, uh, we just need to hear the sample of what you wrote down. Just say it right to the jackal, and if we need more information, we'll ask you. Uh, do I have to be me, or do I have to be this person? No, you're going to be yourself, and you're going to be honest with this jackal. Oh, okay. Uh, I do not feel too well when you approach me. Why? I don't feel you, res you respect me. Oh! <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> almost any time you say, I feel that you, your likelihood of getting what you need is almost zero and you're very likely to get a person being very defensive because notice that you said I don't feel that you respect me that's an analysis of the other person remember what I said a few moments ago all analysis when we are giraffe speaking people we are conscious is a tragic expression of our needs so let's help you say that in another way when we speak giraffe, there's three pieces of information that we make clear to the other person instead of that kind of analysis. See, when we make an analysis of somebody, such as, I feel that you don't respect me, I think we're trying to say three things. But by putting it in the form of an interpretation, that sounds to somebody with these ears as though they've done something wrong. They're being criticized and analyzed and makes it very hard for them to respond with compassion to whatever it is that you need. So the first thing we want to substitute for that judgment, we want to tell this person what he or she does that makes life less than wonderful for you. That's what I call here, what you're observing. So what is it that this person is doing or not doing that's behind your diagnosis of them as not respecting you? When this person talks to me, she never talks directly to Never? Me. No. Never. Okay, as long as it's never. I've been working with her for three months. And now, what do you mean, doesn't talk directly to you? See, that still has a bit of an analysis in it. Mm. So we need to clear up this observation a little bit. So <laughs> what is it that this person does or doesn't do that you're, re you're referring to as not talking directly to you? When she comes with her critics to me... When she comes what? With critics. No, no. I don't criticize. No, but, but when I'm being criticized... No, I've never criticized. No, okay. <laughs> I'm educating you. I'm stating the facts, you see. To a jackal, they don't ever think they're criticizing. They think they're just telling the truth. 
<laughs> so when I come to you and tell you some things that I don't like. No, she doesn't come to me and tell me things that she don't like. So I tell other people, I go to other people. Yes, or in my presence she's talking to me but not looking at so me. So I say some things to you but I don't look at you. Ah, or that's say to somebody else when I'm present. So I talk to other people when you're present. Yes. And it's your belief that this re refers to you. No, I, I know it refers to me. Well, that's an analysis. Even if it's an accurate analysis. No, because she, she, she says that it's to me. Ah, so then later this person says no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> right at that In moment. Situation, yes. So right at that moment, I, I she makes it clear to you that this is really for you, yes. but she doesn't say it to you, she yes. says it to somebody else, and she doesn't look at you. Yes, ah, exactly. that's what we call an observation. Now you've just described the behavior with no analysis. You haven't said that this is not being respectful, indirect, or anything. You've just described the behavior. Yes. Now the second thing we're going to do, we're now going to tell the jackal, how do you feel when the jackal does that? You feel very hurt. The giraffe is dancing. That means that you were expressing a feeling. Uh, third, why do you feel that way? Because I need to be approached directly. Aha. There again, perfect giraffe. You, you expressed your feelings. You explained your feelings with reference to your need. Or another way of saying that, we just expressed how we are. This is a this question, how are you, is asked in every country in which I work. How are you? Como talez-vous? Como está usted? Every country asks how you are. Because our safety and our trust of one another is highly dependent on our getting reliable information back about how people are. Now, as we all know, in jackal cultures, the question isn't taken seriously. So people don't develop a clear, open, honest way of revealing how they are. So when we are giraffe-speaking people, we want to do just what you did. Not put judgments out to the other person. I feel that you're not respecting me. But putting it in the language that we just did. But we don't want to stop there. We never stop after explaining how we are in giraffe. We always want to end on an opportunity to enrich life. Or another way of saying that is we want to make a request of what we would like the person to do that would make life more wonderful for us. So let's add this at the end. So what are you wanting from this, Jack? I want her respect. Now, the problem with that is that when we answer this question, what we are requesting in giraffe, we need to use positive action language. And that means we need to state a concrete action that we want the person to take. Because if we use language like, I want you to respect me, I want you to understand me, I want you to accept me, these are very important things for each of us to receive from other people. But I find that we're not as likely to get them if we ask for them in that way. Uh, for example, I was with... Uh, some couples uh, recently that were asking me to show them how to speak giraffe in couples relationship and uh, one of the women said to her husband I want you to understand me he says I do understand she says no you don't 
Yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Fifteen years they had had <laughs> that dialogue. So I said to her husband, could I play your role for a moment? He said, please. <laughs> so I said to the wife, say it again. You never understand me. You never listen to me. And then playing the husband's role, I said, so you're really feeling very frustrated and would like more c contact when we communicate. The wife started to cry. <laughs> the wife started crying because I was giving her what she really needed. You see, what she was really requesting is that before her husband responds, she needed something back from him that, that told her that there was a connection. But see, she didn't ask for that. She didn't say at the end, husband, I would like you when I talk and I ask for it, would you be willing to tell me back what you've heard me say before you react? See, that would be using positive action language, not using vague language. That's what you do differently. So you want me to talk directly to you. Okay, so now you've let's put all four of them. Jackal, when uh, you look at other people, but talk to me at that time, and don't look at me, I feel very hurt, because I really need somebody to be direct and to talk directly with me. So would you be willing in the future to talk directly to me? Look at me and tell me straight to, to me what's going on between you and me. Okay? Now, do you predict that the strength of giraffe is such that your jackal would respond this way. I'm very touched by how openly you've communicated with me. <laughs> and uh, I really admire how specific and clear you were. Of course I would be willing to do exactly as you request. <laughs> Is that how you predict your jackal would respond? No, I think more than that. I asked you not to have skeptics here tonight, Klaus. <laughs> Okay, so we must prepare you then for the real world because, as I said earlier, we want to be able to speak giraffe no matter how the other person speaks. So, now, what good does talking directly to you do? You never listen. Pardon? Did you ever try? Ow! Now, oh, I see what the problem is. I forgot. I forgot to have you put on these ears, you see. <laughs> now put on these ears, okay? You got the ears on. Now when you have these ears on, I don't know if you can see from back there, but with these ears on, this is all you hear. Are you feeling, and you tune in to what the person is feeling, and then you try to hear what needs are behind the feeling. So let's try that out. What good does talking to you do? You never listen. I'm not speaking. What is this person feeling when this person says that? You see, if you have these ears on, oh, yes. all you hear is the feelings. You hear no criticism, no judgment, no attack. You simply hear what the person is feeling and needing. So what do you sense? We don't have to be right as a giraffe. We just have to be looking of what's going on in this person. So what might she or he be feeling if they made that statement? What good does talking to you do? You never listen. 
Somebody want to help her out? What do you think this jackal might be feeling? Yes. Nobody ever listens to me. That's what the jackal would be thinking. But let me offer you a suggestion. Never hear what a jackal thinks. It's ugly up there. No, no. I think you will like people so much better if we tune into their heart, not their head, especially if they're a jackal-speaking person. All you'll see coming out of there is a bunch of judgment. No, no. With these ears, we tune into the heart. What is it? What might this person be feeling who says, what does this talking do? You never listen. Maybe frustration. Maybe frustration. We can't be, we don't know for sure. We have to check it out. Yeah. It feels neglected. Pardon? It feels ne neglected. Now we have to watch out for words like neglected because that's more what the jackal thinks. They think they're being neglected. When we are giraffe-speaking people, we only use words for feeling words that clearly capture our emotion and that aren't really words for describing what others are doing to us. Let me give you several of those words so you can start to develop giraffe ears for feeling words. Jackal, I feel used. See how that describes what somebody's doing to you. It doesn't say how the jackal feels. I feel misunderstood. I feel cheated. I feel rejected, neglected. I feel ignored. Aren't there times when you think somebody's ignoring you? Don't you feel relieved? <laughs> At other times when you think somebody's ignoring you, don't you feel hurt? So you see how words like that really don't capture what's going on inside. So if we speak a word like, I feel neglected, somebody with these ears is going to hear that much more likely as an attack, a criticism of what they're doing. So frustration, yes, but not neglected. How else? Any other guesses as to what this jackal might be feeling? Yeah. Feel sad. That's a feeling. So, any guess of a feeling is giraffe. Again, to repeat, we don't have to be right because we can always check it out with the person. We can always say, Jackal, are you feeling sad? And then they can say, no, I'm hurt or I'm mad. The idea of putting on the giraffe ears is to tune into the other person's feelings. In fact, it isn't even necessary always to say it out loud. The miracle occurs at the moment we put on the giraffe ears, even if we don't say a word. Because when we direct our attention here to what's going on inside the other person, we take all power away from other people to deplete our morale, to make us feel bad about ourselves. And what's nice about this is that it's as good for the other person as it is for us. Because when we do tune in to what's going on inside of them, we are much more likely to respond with compassion to them. So everybody benefits at the moment we put on the giraffe ears, even if we don't say a word. Okay, so let's go with that first guess for the moment. Let's guess that this person might be frustrated. Now the second thing that we do is to guess what the person is needing behind frustration. In English, this can be done in several ways. We can say, 
are you feeling frustrated because you would have liked? Or we can say, are you frustrated because you're needing? Or because you're wanting? The language doesn't make so much importance here as that we look for what is the need that isn't being fulfilled when this person says, what good does talking to you do? You never listen. Well, that shouldn't be too hard to guess. What do you think this person is needing? So somebody, some list, somebody to listen. So let's check it out. Let's see how the giraffe then would put these two things together. What good does talking to you do? You never listen. So Jackal, are you feeling frustrated because you would like uh, me to listen differently and better when you do talk? Oh, you couldn't even if you tried. You're so narcissistically involved in yourself, you think only you know anything that's worth knowing. I'm not the only one that thinks that. Aren't you glad you have giraffe ears? Because without giraffe ears, you could take that personally. Or you could start to think there's something wrong with this jackal for thinking that way. And at the moment that you would think in either of those ways, the chance that both you and the other person are going to get your needs met is not very good in my experience. But with giraffe ears, we hear no criticism in what the jackal just said. We know that that's the more something sounds like an attack, the more pain the other person is in. And that's just an unmet need. It's a gift. It's to give us an opportunity to enrich this person's life. An opportunity because we hear it as a request. We don't hear it as a demand. Because as giraffes, we can hear other people's needs, but we don't lose our own boundaries. We don't necessarily give up our needs to fulfill the other person's needs. As a giraffe, we are conscious that what people need most of all is contact. They need to feel that their needs matter, and that doesn't mean we have to do what they're asking, but that we accurately receive what they're needing. So how could the giraffe respond to that complicated message? You couldn't listen even if you tried. You think only you have anything worth saying. Well, there's other people with some intelligence around here beside you. So Jacko, it sounds like you're really annoyed and you'd like me to acknowledge that, that uh, other people have something of worth to offer. Oh, but you couldn't, because you're really a very sick person, you know that? So you're feeling kind of hopeless about whether this could happen and, and you'd like me to change, but you're not sure that I can. Notice this poor Jacko is kind of dazzled. Don't pull any of that psychology crap on me. <laughs> Why wouldn't the jackal think that? Because, you know, with this kind of ears, you feel somebody really trying to understand you, and this isn't the way most people in your life have responded to you when you're judging them like that. Of course the jackal start, might start to feel some suspicion, wonder whether this is a new way of exploiting and manipulating people. <laughs> what amazes me is how rarely this response comes back. And that's because even if the jackal is a little suspicious, it feels so good to be heard, to have somebody genuinely interested in hearing what your feelings and needs are behind your statement. 
But even if that message does come out, you know, don't use any of that psychology crap on me. No problem if we have giraffe ears. We hear the feelings and needs behind that sentence. We may do it silently, because we know if we say it outside, out loud, the person may misinterpret us. But there, what do we hear? We hear the person might be feeling suspicious. And what is the need? He wants to avoid being exploited in some way that he's not familiar with. So we just hear the human being behind that message, as behind every message. So, any other questions you have about how we would speak giraffe with your Jeff? No, I'm glad you offered that. That's a good learning situation for us. Any questions or comments about that situation before we turn to another one? Yes, sir. Your experience that Jacob-speaking people change or learn when you speak giraffe to them? Is it my experience that they change when I speak giraffe? At the moment that I put on these ears, they're already changed. Because as I say, when I have these ears on, the other person is automatically a giraffe-speaking person. Because all I hear coming from them is feelings and needs. But I think I know that you, what you're getting at, and the answer would be yes to that. It amazes me how we keep speaking giraffe ourselves, the other person joins us. Unless they hear a demand. We're going to be talking about demands in a few moments. See, in giraffe, we always end on a very clear statement of what we want. But now, a giraffe is very clear about the difference between a request and a demand. But jackals get these all mixed up. So, I was in Zurich, uh, Switzerland uh, about six months ago and doing a weekend workshop. And on uh, Sunday, the woman at whose house I was staying had a van, and so we were going to pick up three other women en route to the work the first evening. And they had said to their husband, Oh, I've been exposed to this wonderful process, and I would really like you to join me in it. <laughs> and it was amazing how each of the husbands responded in the same way, you know. I don't have any problems communicating. You're the one that needs that, not me. <laughs> Something like that. Well, you see, the problem was these jackal husbands, instead of hearing the excitement and to hear their wives requesting that they join them in this new thing, they heard a demand. And when jackals or anybody hear a demand, they see their choices as submission or rebellion. So that day in the workshop, we had to learn how to help their jackals hear this as a request so that then they could make a choice about whether they wanted to to engage in this kind of learning and not that they feel they had to. So while we're on that topic, let me make clear for you all the difference between a giraffe request and a jackal demand. I think giraffe is a natural way for human beings to communicate. Now, when I was learning giraffe, it, I kept saying to myself, this isn't a natural way for people to talk. And just at the right moment, I read something that Gandhi said. Gandhi said, don't mix up that which is habitual with that which is natural. So, yeah, that made sense to me. Certainly, it wasn't habitual for me to speak giraffe. 
But Gandhi says, natural is that which you gravitate to spiritually. It feels right to you, and you're willing to do a lot of practice, a lot of work, because you see the work is in the harmony of your own values. So I really do believe that giraffe is much closer to, to the, the spiritual basis of people. And they feel that talking in this way makes more sense, intuitively, to talk just about what they feel and what they need, in spite of the fact that they, haven't, they may have to do a lot of practice, in spite of the fact that for a while, until we learn how to use these ears, it can be kind of scary because it requires being open and honest in a pretty vulnerable way. And we know that until the other people do join us, we're likely to hear a lot of things coming back that we're going to need these ears on. A woman in uh, Stockholm, she was in a three-day training with me, and at the end of the three days, she said, you know, Marshall, I can see this working in my business, but I can't imagine doing it with my father. He is a jackal's jackal. No, he's never had anybody, he's never had a friend in his life for more than a month or two. He has five children, none of us can talk to him. He's had two wives, neither of whom could talk to him. I could never imagine uh, talking to him this way. Uh, <clears throat> about six months later, I returned to Stockholm, and this woman greeted me at another workshop, and she said, Marshall, do you remember at the end of the previous workshop, I told you how I could never do this with my father? I said, no, I don't. I hear that from a lot of people. So I can't remember. She says, anyway, I don't know what possessed me, but I went home, and he greeted me at the door and said, another workshop, wasting your money on another one of those things? And she said, Marshall, before the workshop, I would have said, but father, I'm 50 years old. I can spend my money as I want to. <laughs> and then we would have an argument for sure. And this time I stopped and I put on my ears and I said, Dad, are you worried because you want to be sure that I'm saving enough money to protect myself? And she said, Marshall, within a few moments, he was opening up and letting me see a soft side of himself that I never thought I was going to see in this lifetime. And since then, my brothers and sisters have been saying to me, what are you doing with him? We've never <laughs> seen him respond this way. The magic of giraffe ears. The other person will join us. Maybe not that rapidly all the time. <laughs> Let's have another situation. Who's got another jackal for us to tame? <laughs> I hope somebody does. It's embarrassing sitting up here playing with these puppets all by myself. <laughs> Thank you, yes. I would very much like to hear something about a child uh, being like him and the mother being just as well <laughs> as bad as him. Oh, a parent-child situation. Who is the, the giraffe? Not yet. No, nobody yet. Well, let's, let's start off, Mom. How old am I, Mom? Nine years. Uh, pardon? Nine years. Nine years old. Yeah. Okay, Mom. What am I, tell me, what is it that I'm doing? that you don't like? Very demanding. Oh! <laughs> the child asked you for an observation and you gave him a diagnosis. So observation, mom, no diagnosis. Very demanding is two diagnoses. Demanding is a diagnosis. 
and Larry is a double diamond. Tell him the answer to the question. What is he doing? It is very difficult, in fact, Mom, the uh, philosopher Jadu Krishnamurti says that in his estimation, the highest form of human intelligence is the ability to observe without evaluating. So yes, it's very difficult to answer this question of, Mom, what am I doing? And to answer that without making any criticism, diagnosis, analysis, the highest form of human intelligence, according to this philosophy. Well, I, I'm observing um, very uh, excited. Uh, Any feeling, Mom, is a diagnosis. <laughs> I just can't describe it. Well, when's the last time? Think of a concrete situation, Mom. And what was I doing at that time? You said very demanding. Is it something that he asked you? He asked you three or four times for something, even when you have told him the reasons why. He won't, he won't, uh, won't be able to have it. He, he he just wants to have things which I I know that I can't give him. Hold it, mom. You said can't. Can't is pure jackal. He knows you could if you wanted to. <laughs> so why would you lie to him? See, there's no word for can't in giraffe. We are, if we're an honest giraffe, we don't say can't. We say, I don't know how to, and I want to be shown how to, or I don't want to. If I say I, I can't, then I, I mean that I, um, I don't have the ability to have these things because I think it's not good for him. Okay, now we're coming closer. So now, I want, I want this candy. I want this candy. I want this candy. Yes, answer, Mom. I believe you should not have it. Oh! <laughs> Mom, may I suggest something to you? If you want to make life easier for you and your child, find another word beside the one you just used, because whenever you use that word, you're likely to escalate so nobody gets their needs met. And it's a word that I can't say because it's blasphemous for a giraffe to say it. So I'll let the jackal say it. Should. <laughs> I believe you should. See, that's how a jackal speaks, their value. I believe, I think, and then they use language like should, ought, must, can't. I was working with some parents in one community, and when I told the parents about how dangerous I felt this language was that denies choice, can't, should, ought, must. This one mother got very upset with me. She said, well, but there are some things you have to do whether you like to do it or not. I see nothing wrong with telling my children that there's things that they have to do. I had just finished saying that I thought have to guarantees you won't get what you want when you use that language. So I said, could you give me an example, mother, about what one of these things are that you have to do whether you like to do it or not? She said, that's easy. When I leave this workshop this evening, I have to go home and cook. I hate to cook. I hate it with a passion. 
but I have done it every day for 20 years, even when I have been sick as a dog. So I told her that I was hoping I could uh, teach her some giraffe, because I believed that it might open up some happier possibilities for her. I'm pleased to announce that she was a very rapid giraffe student. She went home that very evening and announced to her family that she no longer wanted to cook. <laughs> I got some feedback from her family. Three weeks later, who shows up but her older two sons? They got there a little early, so I was very curious. Because uh, she had been calling me, it seemed like every other day, telling me about major changes in her life when she got rid of all of this have-to, should, ought thinking. So I said to the oldest son, what was that like when your mother came home that first night and announced that she no longer wanted to cook? He said, Marshall, I just said to myself, thank God. <laughs> well, I said, John, how did you come to that? He said, I said to myself, now maybe she won't complain at every meal. You see, when we trick ourselves into thinking we should, ought, must, have to, we lose connection with the real purpose, with how it serves life. So a giraffe, these, for those things which are very important, doesn't say, I have to or you have to. says, I would like to. I would like you to. Because. And then we want people to see clearly how it serves life. But we know that if you use language that denies choice, have to, should, ought, must, can't, that makes it hard for people to stay conscious purpose by which they're doing things. So none of that language, Mom. Just use the language of your needs, your feelings, but not a language of shoulds, oughts, musts, have tos, and can'ts. Is it correct that you, see, uh, you say that um, the whole... Uh, And if the person knows that you are a real deranged jackal, they'll probably be very nice and obedient. I'm not recommending that. Because giraffes make a big difference between personal responsibility and obedience. The jackals get those mixed up. They'll say, my child is very responsible. He does everything that I say. Uh, excuse me, but are you mixing up responsibility, personal responsibility, with obedience? What's the difference? You can send a dog to obedience school. Not hard to teach people obedience, but personal sense of responsibility requires choice, and a choice based on one's own value, not on a fear of punishment. So, back to this situation. I want some candy now. I'm hungry. I want some candy now. Too easy. What's, what's harder, Mom? Because then I can uh, come with some arguments and say something about uh, the teeth and the, the, 
evening meal or whatever. Mom, let me suggest that the most powerful way you can respond is not with an argument, but with empathy. The way a giraffe says no begins with empathy. When you show empathy for the other person's needs, it becomes easier for them to hear what needs of yours might keep you from saying yes. But if the first thing they hear back from you is reasons for why they can't, they feel alone in their need. They don't feel that their need matters. It's through empathy that we give people the awareness that their needs matter. And empathy, as I said earlier, doesn't mean then that we must now deny our needs and do what the other person wants. So let's start, Mom, by just showing empathy for the person's needs. Just reflect back so you're really feeling it and show that you understand the need in a respectful way. I don't want to go to school today. I hate that school. It's a stupid school. Well, then I uh, very often respond with a question. What kind of question? Uh, is there anything wrong with you? Do you oh! <laughs> That's a jackal question. Ask this kind of question, Mark. Try to show what he's feeling and, and needing right at this moment. Yes, I say, for example, are you feeling ill or are you feeling... Uh, no, I'm not ill. I just hate the teacher and I hate the school. The kids all tease me and the teacher's mean. We first want to be sure that we're really hearing this person's feeling. So watch the giraffe and then I'll have you do it after the giraffe does. I hate school. The teacher's really mean, and the kids all tease me. Yeah, so you really hate going in there today, and you really don't like the way that the teacher responds to you or the children. Yeah, they make fun of me, and they call me names, yeah, so you feel very hurt, and you'd really like them to treat you with more respect. Yeah. <laughs> now the child feels he, he or she's not alone. There's somebody with them right now. Now notice we're putting off what we're going to do about this yet. Because the giraffe parent knows that until we've really connected at the feeling and the need level, it's too early to start solving the problem. Jackals immediately try to fix the problem. They immediately try to find a resolution. <coughs> Giraffes know that if you have a quick resolution, when there hasn't been empathy, it won't stick. So the first thing we need is to be able to connect with the person's feelings. I don't want to go to school today. The teacher's mean and the kids tease me. So your feeling, connect with the person's feeling. Are you feeling? That's what you say first. Are you feeling? Are you feeling good? Because? Now, notice that we say in giraffe, are you feeling hurt because you? Now, let me show you the importance of that. You see, let me digress for just a moment. Let me show you how a jackal parent trains a child to be a jackal child. Notice how the jackal parent expresses feeling. It really hurts me when you don't up your room. You see, this is because jackals use guilt as a primary <coughs> tactic for imposing their will on other people. 
And guilt, in this case, requires the other person to believe that he or she can cause this person's feeling. So when a giraffe, jackal, excuse me, when the jackal expresses their feelings, they don't do it this way. They don't say, I feel hurt because I. They imply always that it's the other person that hurts them. I feel hurt because you didn't pick up your room. So, we don't want to reinforce that kind of thinking that implies that our feelings are caused by forces outside of ourselves. So now, when we're trying to understand the other person's feelings, we don't say, are you feeling hurt because the children are teasing you? Because eventually we want to teach this child to put on giraffe ears and to see that it's never what the other people do that causes your feelings. It's what ears you put on. So we would say, are you feeling hurt because you would like the children to treat you differently? We want the person to connect their feelings with their needs, not to connect their feelings with what other people do. Because the more we connect their feelings with what other people do, the more they become dependent on other people's behavior for their own internal well-being. We want to teach the child to be a giraffe child, which requires that we be conscious that our internal life is only controlled by us, not other people. So try it again, Mom. And the, the, the teacher's mean, and the children tease me. Uh, I feel hurt uh, because you want to be with the others, or you... I want them to, I want them to, you know, to talk nice to me and not to tease me. Yeah. So do I have to go to school today? <laughs> Let me warn you, this is a loaded question. Let's hear how the giraffe parent handles that. Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking me when you say, do you have to? Uh, well, uh, do I have to? I'd be glad to tell you what I would like you to do, but only if I'm sure you don't hear it as what you should do or what you have to do. Because I'd really, see, the parent wants to have his or her authority respected. That means that we certainly want to let the child benefit by our experience, by our values. But we want the child not to think that because we have certain values, they have to do what we want. So if you'd want me to tell you what I'd like, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I'd like that. I would like you to go to school and wear giraffe ears. Huh? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it would be my hope that you could learn how to respond differently when people call you names. How? I'd like you to learn to put on giraffe ears. What's that? I'd be glad to show you. So that would be what I would want as a parent. I'd want to show him how to not give the teacher the power to make him feel bad. Not to give other people, the children, the power to make him feel bad.